society with a royal order and in 1993 there was a royal decree actually to establish this uh, this entity and it was given the name the Royal Omani Amateur Radio Society for a very good reason mm. he was the um, basically the head of the society and he was the first amateur radio operator in Oman wow and uh, this why this is why it was always getting his attention and um, Back in the days when uh, he was studying at St. Hurst, himself and King Hussein actually got into this uh, hobby. And when they came back to uh, their countries, His Majesty Sultan Qaboos, uh, God bless his soul, actually found this uh, uh, the, the society. What was King the hobby? Hussein. What was the hobby? I'm sorry. The the amateur radio. Amateur radio is, is a hobby, actually. And okay. it's, it's not something that you do for money. It's a hobby just like um, uh, playing a guitar, playing okay. music, uh, running, uh, different kind of hobbies have, you know, different different kind of activities. Like different purposes. Different purposes. So what's the purpose of this? Okay, so the purpose of this is, first of all, enhancing your curiosity or abilities in, in the field of radio communication. Uh, basically, if you're if you're an engineer, mm -hmm. then you can uh, apply your knowledge and your capabilities into enhancing on creating more better stations at your house or at the society itself to communicate around the world and to spread the information about Oman and the knowledge about uh, how uh, what what Oman can uh, offer as as a as a country. Uh, from a from a visiting point of view from a tourism point of view mm. but uh, not to be used as uh, things to um, uh, to to um, uh, advertise about products and services and nothing to monetize on basically okay. yeah so this is one the other thing is we have a very we had a very um, um, important role during um, gunu during FET, mm. where communication just drops. No more WhatsApp, no more SMS, no more calls. Yeah. The only thing that would work is our radio equipment because all what you need is a 12-volt battery, which is you can find in, in your car, connect your radio to it, and you're up on the air. So does this take the form of a radio channel station or like is there a frequency that you tune into say your car radio? Yes. Well, it's uh, it has different kind of frequencies than the car radio. Oh. It's the same concept. The car radio runs on FM and AM. Okay. Uh, we do run on FM and AM, but uh, our FM and AM has different type of frequencies that are allocated by the International Telecommunication Union passed on to all the regulators here in uh, around the world. Mm. In Oman, for example, is the TRA, the Telecommunication Regulator, uh, Regulatory Authority. Yeah. Then they allocate those uh, frequencies to amateur radio. They allocate them to telecom providers. They allocate them to even, you know, those old wireless phones that we have at home, the, uh, the um, wireless uh, Wi-Fi repeaters and all that. So they allocate all these... Uh, frequencies to them. So our radios look exactly like, um, like maybe I would say like your car radio. It mm. has a uh, oscillator. You can just change the frequencies and go up and down the the band, and then uh, you can transmit. So who's listening? 
Like if it's not the regular person driving in their car, who are you talking to? Okay, so there are about three, uh, roughly a bit over 300,000 amateur radio operators around the world who are active actually. And uh, we talk anywhere from from stateside all the way to uh, Japan and China. So uh, similar uh, operators are there around the world that listen and that can take the communication uh, and can take uh, the, 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 uh, the, we call it the QSO. Uh, there are certain codes that we use as well that are, we take the calls between, the, between each other so that we can exchange information such as, for example, signal reports, uh, such as if there, if there are any interferences in our communication so that we always want to enhance uh, our 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 stations, just how when you're uh, if you're a guitar player, you would want to enhance your playing technique every now and then, and enhance the more the more you play, the more you enhance. But if you continue to do it the wrong way, mm. you will never improve. So uh, there but, will be somebody else showing you or mm. telling you how to do things differently, so that you can enhance. So this is one of the things. Yeah. During uh, Gono and during uh, FET. Uh, since our radios used to work and um, of course we had a collaboration with uh, the civil civil defense we had a collaboration with the ministry of defense we had mm. a collaboration with rop and on top of that when uh, there was a um, earthquake in the philippine back in the early 2000s okay um, even uh, there are we, we've participated as well to relay the messages from one country to the other to so that the people from the philippine get uh, people outside the Philippines can get some feedback about how their families are uh, doing uh, back because they had no communication whatsoever. But is this like normal? Can normal people access these frequencies in any way? Because I, I understand the part where you want to enhance the technical bits of it to get it to the best quality possible. I can see how that's a hobby. I just don't quite understand what, like, who are you communicating to and for what purpose and who is benefiting? Okay, the the only benefit, uh, well, we are communicating with also amateur radio certified operators. Uh -huh. So not everybody can get access to those devices. Not everybody can get access to those frequencies. Mm. You'd have to apply to the society. You'd have to go through a, uh, a through a course, and you'd have to pass a certain um, certain level of exams. Uh, so far, we have about four to five exams to pass. And before that, to actually be approved to get into the society, you'd have to be interviewed, you'd have to be um, uh, tested on certain areas so that you can be uh, accepted into the... <laughs> what do you interview for? Well, we want to make sure that uh, people who apply to the uh, to the actual hobby are interested in the hobby huh. and not just wanting to get access so that they can take walkie-talkies into the desert for camping. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that happen? Uh, yes, yes. And we got some people rejected for those reasons as well. And of course we get, because it's a very sensitive, uh, um, very sensitive um, uh, hobby and it has a lot of mm. uh, sensitive equipment that can access a lot of frequencies that are maybe not amateur radio as well mm. uh, so we have to make sure that this person that these people don't have any uh, perhaps uh, misconduct uh, in the past right and ensure that they will not uh, uh, threaten say something some security right. or or you know basically have a disruption in the reputation of the country as well because they are on the air they speak to the world so and they can access they can if if 
people who were who are in this field can access like the regular frequencies which cars receive no or they can't no because um, any device that you as an amateur radio operator you want to buy mm. and bring into the country you'd have to get it checked from the society first that it is uh, running on or, or it can only access the frequencies that are allocated for amateur radio operators mm. anything beyond that uh, if any any device that that can run beyond that uh, frequency then it gets rejected you won't be able to go ahead and bring it in okay we'll go on a quick break and when we're back I want to and learn how you got into it and why. Sure. All right, let's <laughs> okay. do that. The Nation Station. 90.4 FM. And we're back with Abdul Aziz Jafar. Man, thank you for joining me in the studio and answering all my dumb questions. <laughs> there are no dumb questions. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> Even after what I said? Uh, very much, yeah. <laughs> do you get, Feel free. Do you get dumb questions like this all the time about what you guys do? Uh, well, let me try to be politically correct here. <laughs> you don't have to. Ain't nobody listening. Okay. You can be real. <laughs> well, we got one um, uh, interesting question uh, last time was um, mm. uh, why um, it was about uh, something related to so why don't you guys uh, use uh, radio communication through whatsapp and i was like uh, whoa that's dumber than my question different, yeah there's a different type of <laughs> communications and different type of um, you know methods of <laughs> yeah move you know talking yeah. and chatting so that's the internet <laughs> that's the internet and it has its own purposes and it's doing the job but what if you don't have a network what are you going to do yeah <laughs> That's when you guys come in. But then, okay, before we get into how you got into it, if you're serving that purpose of communication in in disaster situations, what is the purpose of then, say, a radio station like us? Who, you know, like uh, Oman FM is a government station. Yes. I feel like we also serve that same purpose. When, when, when power goes off and everything goes off, at least people can tune into the station and find out what's going on. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, definitely, uh, Oman Radio uh, ha- plays a very, very uh, essential role during crisis. Mm. Uh, especially people would have more access to radios rather than TVs yeah. and all that because uh, all the, if the power goes off and all what you have is whatever you can run on batteries. We experienced this firsthand during Cyclone Shaheen. We have a couple yes. of people, Talal and Sami, who literally slept over here for like two, three days, mm-hmm. um, just rep- Reporting on what's happening. Yes, so, yeah. so so that's the thing. But you can't be on site. You can't actually go through um, um, inside the, the 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 villages inside the cities and actually see there are people in distress and then report it to the police. Yeah, uh, you can report um. general weather information you can report general um, uh, information about okay who is uh, where is the civil defense heading to now mm. uh, who is uh, where, where where are the helicopters going now because you get this information from the authorities yes but then we are on the ground on the on site itself and we immediately uh, communicate from from one person to another and and communicate to uh, the authorities that we uh, that I just mentioned so that we can uh, help in because uh, all of our cars are fully equipped no way so yeah so we got we got all the equipment to adi- to to add additional support to all of the, uh, the the police and and defense authorities and you know sometimes uh 
uh, I, I know that they're they're doing their job. They're doing a tremendous job. Mm. Uh, nevertheless, sometimes looking at it from out of the box, sometimes knowing certain areas, uh, knowing knowing certain uh, nooks and crannies of the villages, that helps you if if you're amateur radio as well to report in immediately. So this is where we come into the picture. So your ca- your car is your equipment. Well, there are two types of uh, two types of setups. Uh, or two types of uh, radio stations, if you want to call them. Mm-hmm. In the in, in at at home, we call it the base station. Okay. And in the car, we call it the mobile station. Hello. Now there are other type of stations as well. You can have a uh, maritime station. You can have it if you have a boat. Mm. Uh, you can have it on the plane. Mm. If you're a pilot, uh, you're allowed at certain in certain airlines. It's called the aeronautical uh, station. And of course, you can have something called a portable station. Should you decide to go to the desert and set up some small, uh, you know, portable station, so that you can do your calls from that uh, from ge- that place I'm as well. I'm guessing the portable station is not as small as just a walkie-talkie. No, no, yeah. no. We we run anywhere between 100 to roughly about five to six hundred watts in the portable stations. At home, we run so anywhere between fifty. Uh, to 1500 watts which is the maximum allowed limit uh, for us and this is how we can reach and talk all around the world and uh, in the car we run anywhere between uh, 25 to 50 80 watts uh, depends on the type of device and uh, type of radio and its power as well do emergency um, institutions have their own systems or do they rely on you guys well um, emergency institutions they have their own device like the civil defense the ROP okay. they, do, they do have their own systems but because we also run on different frequencies the frequencies that they run on are um, VHF and UHF frequencies we run also on HF frequencies that are sky waves so you can actually reach further so if I'm in in, in Muscat now and I would like to speak to somebody in Salala mm-hmm. I can do that because I have the right equipment to do that but you can, with the radio yeah but um, but the others don't have the similar similar equipment to do that So how did you get into this, man? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a long time so, ago? So here's the thing. Uh, I still live in Medinat Al-Alam. <laughs> okay, but you guys When are I not was, uh, located in Al-Alam anymore. No, not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. When I was young as well and uh, right before I graduate high school, I actually saw the society. I went and I was interested in learning more about uh, I was always into technology and communication and and and, and that sort. Mm. So I went in and I tried to apply and then this is when I learned the first piece of information. The minimum Uh, age to apply is 18 okay <laughs> fair enough and I was 16 back then yeah. and by the time I was uh, you know to moving towards 18 I already had was doing my my high school degree and just focusing on on studying mm. and then I went to this uh, went to study outside of uh, Oman and uh, learned uh, about the, the the hobby a bit more and more while I was away is that what you studied in college no I actually studied computer science in okay. college which is well yeah. I wouldn't say it's it's very similar but it's Along those lines, puts you, puts you in the right headspace. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Especially now that all these equipment are not, they don't only depend on radio communication anymore. There are new technologies that are used in in amateur radio. Now we are moving into also the digital world. There is a digital mobile radios. There are digital communication, digital types of communication. So all of these things 
believe it or not, are, are available and they are still free communication. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't pay uh, anything except for whatever you want to set your, uh, how much you want to pay and invest on your uh, station. Okay. And uh, all the work and everything that uh, the members and the society uh, do, we do uh, as based on volunteer work. So we don't get anything in return for it. And this is why it's an actual hobby. Mm. You don't get uh, any, any monetary return on it. Yeah. So you got interested at the age of 16. Mm-hmm. You left to study. And then you came back and you decided to continue with it? Yeah, I came back, I started working, and then I was like, let me just give it a try, one more one more try. Okay. So I went in, I applied, and uh, back in 2011 when I applied, the application process was very long. Mm. It took one year for me to get the approval. Wow. <laughs> and then another six months to go through the course and to get certified and get my uh, my, my uh, certification yeah. and my license. And uh, so I was uh, licensed in 2013. Okay. And uh, nowadays we have a, a lot simpler process, mm. uh, a lot quicker process because everything else now became a lot faster. Checking up and uh, uh, getting your your background and getting you know getting to know you, communicating with you, calling you. It's, it's a lot easier now and making sure. Um, and, and the process now is divided into two phases. One of them is to get you into step one of the uh, hobby and then to get you into step two of the hobby. Uh, which is the upgrade into the full uh, range of the frequencies. So you get to start with a limited range of frequencies initially, and then you go to the second range. So instead of taking a course that is about two and a half months, Mm -hmm. now you can get the initial certification in about a week. I see. So uh, we made sure that uh, it's accessible to more people. Who is this this for? Like uh, who, (laughs) I'm trying to imagine the type of person that would say, you know what? Mm Mm-hmm. Jamiat La Silki is the place for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it's for people who are curious about uh, radio communication, first of all. Okay. And then uh, from a technical standpoint. No. Oh. Even okay. even people who are non-technical. Yeah. We got lawyers uh, who are members. We got teachers who are members. Anybody who's interested in actually this this hobby, when they read about it, they wanna they wanna learn more about it. They wanna understand how the 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 waves travel from one way or another. How do people communicate? What do they communicate? Yeah, what do they communicate? Okay, okay. Let's let's remove disaster situation yeah. out of the picture. Okay. On a regular basis, what are you yes. talking about? Okay, so on a regular basis, uh, just uh, because it's a hobby, yeah. uh, people want to have the best setup at home, uh, the most powerful station as much as possible with as little money as possible mm. uh, invested into it. So when you start your communication, we have different codes that we communicate uh, with so that we can uh, talk to each other and give each other certain codes and certain reports mm. so that you can understand what type of state how, how is this person receiving you if this person is receiving you in uh, uh, very clearly strongly mm. and then you understand what else you need to do to enhance your station and start communicating so you exchange that type of information you exchange information about the country and then um, this is on a day-to-day basis mm. now every weekend there there are contests okay you participate in these contests and of course the stronger the station the more uh, calls you can make 
the more points you can achieve and the higher ranking and certificates you can achieve. So it's purely based on the technicalities of it, how strong your signal is. Yes, yes. Is there a competition on content? <laughs> no, there is no, <laughs> no competition That's what radio is. That's, That's what radio is about. Yes, yes. You need you need more people to listen to you, of course, here in the radio and get more ratings and yeah. all uh, so no, on and so None forth. of that matters to you guys. It's no. A, it's about the technology of yes. radio. Yes, it's about the technology of the radio and of course the 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 competition comes with the, the with how many certificates can you achieve there are certificates if you had communicated with every continent there are certificates if you had communicated with every country in a certain Whoa, continent it's like unlocking <laughs> achievements yes, yes exactly exactly it is like um, uh, this is like a very analog <laughs> video game <laughs> kind of kind of <laughs> yes you know i yeah. feel like now it's starting to click i can i can see the appeal from a technological technological standpoint because mm-hmm. i think i'm trying to look at it from a content standpoint and it's very confusing mm-hmm. but from a technological standpoint okay i'm i'm getting it here sure and and please uh, do visit uh, the 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 society uh, the new building and uh, Give me a call. I'll I'll show you I'd our. Love to. I'll show you our broadcasting. Station. I mean, you've seen our situation here. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I. I <laughs> and if you ever pass do, by do you, the do other side of Medinet Alam and see my antennas, then uh, okay, you'll know why quite a lot of police cars come by and just take a look. <laughs> so what is do you want to say about? anything about the equipment you saw here today? Well. Uh, <laughs> They're, 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 you can be honest. No one's listening. <laughs> yeah. Some of the equipment, some of the mics are good. Uh, some of the equipment are still work. Vintage, but still work. <laughs> I hope Talal is listening. Talal, listen. Okay. Tell us the and, truth. Uh, yeah, and some of the things are... Pretty much, I'd rather have them in a museum. <laughs> oh, he said he'd rather have them in a museum. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, that's the truth, man. And I respect you for that. No one's listening, right? <laughs> no one's listening. No one at all. Well, uh, thank you so much, Abdelaziz, for joining okay, me today bro. and answering all my stupid and not so stupid questions. I really appreciate it. Um, anything you'd like to say? No, just thank you very much uh, for hosting me and host uh, and giving an interest to the Amateur Omani Amateur Radio Society, the Royal Omani Amateur Radio Society. Mm. And, uh, and I hope to see you guys there. And uh, please, uh, I'm, I'm serious, do pass by and uh, take to. a look at the, the setup that we have as well. Well, well you guys can't do this like background music. No. No, not allowed. See? Not you allowed. See? <laughs> Should have been careful before talking smack about a station. <laughs> Take care, man. Take care, man. See. Right. see. Show that. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening.